and welcome to the Sober Bliss Podcast with me, Gail, and my amazing guest. I finally quit drinking for good in March of 2018, and one of the things that helped me was connecting with people on the same journey as me, hearing their stories and finding inspiration. No matter where you are on your journey to sobriety, I hope you enjoy listening to these stories and hope they bring you inspiration, joy and light so you can find your own sober bliss. Hi everyone and welcome to another edition of Sober Bliss Meet. Today I'm joined by the fabulous Sarah. You might know her from Sobelicious. If you don't, then we'll talk a bit about that um, further on in the interview. But welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Gail. It's really lovely to be here. I'm very, very excited to be here today. Yeah, because today is a special day for you, isn't it? It is. So, yeah, today I've reached a thousand days being alcohol-free, so I can't think of a better way to celebrate than to be here and doing this um, podcast with you. So thank you so much for inviting me. It's, um, it's, It's a really special thing to do especially today. Oh, you're welcome. It is such such an amazing achievement. Um, so how are you feeling then about being a thousand days alcohol-free? I think today is quite um, a significant day. I mean, it, it just feels, I feel so happy. Um, I am really proud of myself. Um, something I don't allow myself to feel very often. Uh, well, I don't know if it's a case of allow myself, but yeah, I, 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 I was thinking about it yesterday and I was thinking about the journey and how much I've changed over the last thousand days. Um, yeah. And if you had told me a thousand days ago where I'd be today, I would have um, I would have laughed and I, I would have you know said oh no not me that I w- I'm not going to be sober uh, it was yeah it's it's just um, it's 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 yeah it's just been such a a, a, a massive change in my life um, for, for the better it's the one of the best things I've ever done um, it's something I don't really talk about a lot with people outside the sober community. Um, and it's something that I, I guess today I've realized that, um, that I, I shouldn't be ashamed. Um, I think there's so much shame around um, not drinking and I've not really got my head around what that's all about. I don't necessarily understand why I feel that shame. But today, I don't feel the shame. I just feel immensely proud and happy and full of joy and that there's just so much to celebrate. So many things that I have managed to do in those thousand days that if I'd been drinking, I'd never have have, um, found the time. Um, And uh, yeah, I would recommend it to 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 everyone I mean if you could bottle that feeling up and just give somebody a little taster of how much better life is when you are not feeling anxious and uh, tired and uh, hurting Um, and uh, yeah I feel like 
you know, being alcohol free just opens the world up. You know, I think when you're drinking, the world just gets smaller and smaller and smaller and darker. And you don't necessarily even know that you're in that space. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't see it because that's just, well, for me, at least that, that's all I knew and that's all I've ever known. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, since making that decision, the world has just and all the opportunities there have opened up and um I feel like the world is in colour now. Maybe the yeah, world before yeah. was more sort of black and white and now the world is multicoloured and and uh, somebody once described it as being seeing the world in HD, you know, like, uh, yeah. you know, it, it's a lot brighter and, and uh, yeah, I think uh, the feelings you feel as well, they're, 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 I'm not sure I ha- had the same level of feelings that are, uh, as I do now. And that's sort of like a double-edged sword. It's, you know, uh, sometimes those feelings are, are hard to manage. Um, I, I sort of feel like in a way it's like being reborn. You mm. know, you sort sometimes you feel things for the, for the first time, like a child, you know, and it's, um, it can be really overwhelming and it can be really hard to know what to do with those feelings when you're so used to just reaching out for a drink because you feel down or scared or hurt or or whatever you know those feelings are Mm. um so that's been yeah that's 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 another thing that I think has been added to my life um but obviously, yeah, there's all the joyous feelings as well and feeling happy and not feeling all the negative stuff, you know, that I, I used to feel like um, anxious. And I was, you know, I, I've, I think, you know, nobody really talks about the link between alcohol and anxiety and depression. And I think um, mm. I wish I'd known that years ago. Yeah, me too. I mean, it wasn't really until I stopped did I think, oh gosh, I was actually probably a bit depressed. I just thought it was normal to feel that way all the time. And then, you know, when I stopped feeling that way, I was like, oh gosh, that wasn't normal at all. But you don't realise it until you're you're on the other side of it, I suppose. Yeah. Interesting. I am um, I, I did go through a, a very dark period of feeling anxious and depressed and I had CBT that was before I gave up drinking mm-hmm. um, and I think that the CBT helped me to uh, dis- discover well, it was like it was almost like developing a toolbox of skills that you carry with you forever uh, yeah. ways of managing your anxiety and stuff but what it did is it sort of shone a torch I was sort of forced to look inwards at what was Mm. making me unhappy and try to break that cycle of negative thoughts. Um, And for me, that was almost like a starting point for trying to work out what was what was causing me to feel anxious and depressed. And it took Mm. me a long time to to actually Mm. pinpoint that it was the drink. And it wasn't really the reason I gave up drinking. It was um, for me it was more like the physical side of things like I was getting very very bad headaches like really bad that would stop me from sleeping and um, 
bad back, terribly bad back to the point where I couldn't walk. And um, mm. I didn't put it down to drinking because no. I was in denial. <laughs> and I, uh, I thought that it must be something terribly wrong with my head. I must have this brain tumour or that there must be something really bad going on in my brain. And the same with my back. I thought, oh, there must be something wrong with my spine. Mm. Um, and I'd been for all sorts of tests and things like that, and they didn't find anything wrong. Um, but yeah, I did. I did um, listen to. Um, it was dry, dry January in 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 uh, March uh, in two thousand and eighteen, uh, and I listened to Claire Pooley talking on the radio, mm. and she was so relatable that it made me. I think it planted a seed. Mm made me put perhaps some question marks around the drinking and thought hmm, actually I, I drink a bit like that yeah yeah um, and then it took me another three months to uh, before I decided to to stop drinking um, yeah on the on the day I decided to stop drinking I had an appointment booked with the doctor to say you know, please help me. I'm feeling wretched, and and uh, and at the time had had this headache that had gone on and on and on for such a long time, and I felt like my head was going to split in two. It was just such a horrible pain, and I sat there on the bed with my head in my hands like this, and um, and I just thought, right, if you tell the doctor, if the doctor asks you how much you drink, and you tell them the truth, the first thing they're going to say is um well you need to, to cut down on how much you're drinking um and so I sort of had a chat with myself and just thought if you really want to get better mm. and you want this doctor to just wave a magic wand and fix you the first thing you need to do is you know stop drinking so um yeah that's what I did and I've made that decision and I remember I met my mum for lunch that, that day after I had seen the doctor and um, I said I've, I'm not going to drink anymore I've decided I'm, I'm going to give up and um, she was a very big drinker and she had had stopped drinking and she'd gone through periods in her life of drinking and not drinking and drinking and not drinking um, and at that point she wasn't drinking as well and um she said that's great mm. and um and and then from that moment on i, ju I just knew that I'd, I'd had enough i just mm. had had enough i was just sick and tired literally i felt sick <laughs> and tired yeah. of, of, of the drink i felt like my body was just aching and and screaming out to telling giving me all these signals you know i'd had sort of uh mental health issues i'd had my headaches I'd had my back pain all sorts of things that were trying to tell me you know just mm. stop like when you're gonna stop man you know um and so I told everyone I said I've had enough that's it I'm not drinking and I don't think anybody believed me mm. um and I remember my brother-in-law whispering to my husband one I think perhaps on the holiday that we went on um where I pat the, the the car sort of uh with with alcohol free free, free beers he said to my husband um let's see if she gets through christmas 
but that's almost like a red rag isn't it to, oh, to, yeah. to someone that's you know determined it's it's sort of like oh okay well that but it's a bit mean to say that as well but um it's mm. it's um I didn't hear him luckily because I think I would have probably flown off the handlebar of it if, if I'd heard it but my husband told me later and I thought to myself well I'll show you yeah you have I know I, yeah <laughs> yeah so just walk us through then you know the early days because a lot of people struggle in the beginning don't we we made the decision and then it's like okay now what do I do how do I cope with these feelings how do I fill the time how do I deal with cravings and all the rest of it so how did you manage in the very beginning and how are you managing now I think um that process is it changes depending yeah it has been you know in the very 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 beginning I remember going to Sainsbury's and I remember thinking right I've got to buy stuff to which is going to taste nice that's going to replace the wine and um, I think that sort of uh, five o'clock period for me like when the kids come home from school and getting the dinner ready and mm. that sort of time was um was the, the most tricky point. So if I could get through that period, then the evening would be fine. And actually I used to take myself to bed really early and I still do. Yay, and my habits changed. <laughs> so um, I bought some, actually some, I didn't go for the alcohol-free drinks initially. I bought um, things like flavored soya milk, and I can't, I'm trying to think what the flavour would have been maybe something like chocolate or hazelnut or something very weird that I've never drunk since and I only drank it for a very small window and I would have something like a uh, one of these chocolatey drinks with a slice of cake or something sort of to yeah. you know feel like I was rewarding myself with something instead of the wine mm. um, and what else did I do I have um I, I bought some herbal teas to help me sleep and I'd go to bed at let's say eight o'clock I put the kids to bed and I'd get into bed at eight I wouldn't go to sleep at eight but I take my herbal tea up to bed with me and that habit has still is still with me now I still go to bed really early I don't always sleep but the fact of just sort of going upstairs again it was a new habit that I created to sort of break the the uh the, the routine that I was of just sitting there in front of the telly drinking mm. um so I just yeah so I, I, I've carried on doing that um after a while I then uh started to to drink the alcohol-free beers and I would always have alcohol-free beers nearby um and I think by then I would have been going into the summer because I gave mm. up in March so I found the summer months quite challenging because there's just something in my head about being out in the sun all the beer gardens and barbecues that you'd be invited to and stuff like that so um I drank a lot of alcohol-free beer in the early days and that was mm. that was great you know um and I filled up my time I found I had a lot of free time on my hands and I 
started to fill up my time with things that were fun um, that gave me joy I had like a bucket list of things that I'd always wanted to do um, and I started to work through my list of things that I've always wanted to do and wow. I sort of saw it as a new start it was like okay right what do you want to do with your life this is your your life what you what do you what, what you how are you going to fill it so I joined a samba band um, <laughs> And um, I'd always wanted to, to join a samba band. And it was one of the, those jokes I had with my husband, which was sort of like, oh, right, because I've always got loads of ideas of things I want to do. And I always say I'm going to do it and never do. and Or I do it for a little bit and then give it up or, or what have you. But um, so yeah, with the samba band, he was like, oh, right. But yeah, you know, you, you're never going to do that, are you? And so, yeah, I did. And wow. I play a massive drum, which is called a surdu. Oh, um, and uh, there's about 70 people in the band and um, yeah we, uh, we we rehearse um, once a week for three hours uh, on a Wednesday evening and then there's different gigs that they do so that that's been a really positive way of connecting with other people yeah. doing something sociable that's not about drinking yeah. doing something fun that takes you out of your head that's just it's in a way it's mindful because you're sort of just in the moment you know you're concentrating on what you're doing and you're trying to keep in time with the people around you you're looking at the mestre to see what you know signs he's giving you mm -hmm. so there's no time to think about the other stuff that's going on so yeah. it's a brilliant way of um sort of disengaging from your head um and mm. escaping um mm. which is the thing i think uh a lot of people that's why people drink isn't it because they want to escape from life mm -hmm. and um so, so if you can find a healthy way to escape from your thoughts or your everyday life or your stress um mm. then i would um you know highly recommend that people look for just different hobbies mm. different things whether it's running or yoga or painting or um we did a photography workshop um we ran one in i'm trying to remember whether it was january or february of this year one of my friends is a photographer and she came over from new york to do a workshop for so delicious mm. and um she has a, a a book called the art of intuitive photography and so she, her workshop was all about just focusing on what's around you so rather than you know you can when you're taking a picture normally you sort of like I don't know looking around and but if you concentrate on the small little details and uh, she yeah. just had a fabulous way of um, of teaching us all and I'm no I am definitely not a very good photographer but by the end of the day um it was it it, it was about be it, it sort of taught you to be mindful and to sort of tune into the small things in in your life which you know you could apply that to um to so many things i think um you know get getting sober it's really important to try and appreciate the small things oh yeah uh, and to be grateful and i know that people talk about writing gratitude lists and stuff and probably people think oh why would you you know why would you do that but that is so 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 helpful just to yeah to sort of take some time to, you know, um, 
stop and smell the flowers you know as it were and mm -hmm. one of the things that I I did when I went to I'd learned in my CBT it wasn't about a case of better learning it was, it was something I discovered is that uh to feel happy uh you know you you should just like say you have a a coffee and you get joy from your coffee normally we neck our coffee down and we don't really appreciate it but it's just you know having that coffee and appreciating it sip by sip and just taking the time to think I'm just going to sit here and enjoy my coffee even if it's for one minute and just to, you know and I, I feel like by not drinking I have slowed down my whole mm -hmm. pace of life has sort of slowed down a lot um, and what I was going to say is one of the things I like to do is in the morning go outside my back door with no shoes on oh. so I have nothing on my feet and whether it's, whether it's um, really cold weather or it's been raining or it might be snowy or icy on the ground or it might be warm it might be a nice summer's day and you just put your feet out there on the ground yeah. and you you know you sort of connect with the world and I look around and uh, look at the sky and then I listen to the birds. Might not be for very long, but just to do that once a day just mm. helps me to um, focus on the nice things of the day. So it's a, it's a nice practice to sort of do first thing in the morning. Um, oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, but I found, I found, I also, I'm talking about filling time. I've got sidetracked, sorry. Uh, I, I did some volunteering at the, at the winter shelter um, as well, which, um, and I cooked in a kitchen and then oh. sat there and ate with the guests and stuff like that. Um, trying to think of other things I did to fill my time. So uh, I'd have Samba Band on one night, helping cooking in the kitchens at the winter shelter. Um, and then I enrolled in doing a counselling course, which was another evening. Mm. So I just filled my evenings up. So I wasn't sitting there thinking, oh, I really want to drink. I really want to drink. Uh, and that definitely really helped me get through uh, the early stages. Mm. Um, and I would say that my first year was really, really busy mm. um, in the evenings. Mm. Um, and those evenings that I wasn't busy I'd, as I say, take myself off to bed really early with my herbal tea and just uh, enjoy catching up on sleep. Because I think in the early days, you can feel very, very, very tired. I mean, it's, it's hard to remember back in how it was, you know, but I'm pretty sure I was exhausted. I felt I think your body needs a long time to heal and to and to, to get over, you know, that poison you, you put in your body. Yeah. Did you find that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, felt like I could sleep forever. And sometimes I would have a nap because my like wider clock was half past two, three o'clock. So I would take myself off for a nap, like a siesta, as it is in Spain. Um, and then I would get up and I would still go to bed quite early and still sleep. So yeah, I do think that we need to listen to our bodies and if it's crying out for a rest and sleep just go with it because it is surprising how tired that you can get i think it's the detoxing and the healing and your body kind of getting back to what it was before which takes a lot of energy doesn't it absolutely yeah mm. 
Um, so tell us a little bit then about um, your what you're doing now, because I know you from Sobelicious, um, but you're also um, a fundraiser, you've got your own business. So life at the moment is very rich and full, isn't it? So tell us a little bit about, um, about that. Where can people find you with Sobelicious, for example, and yeah, about your fundraising that you do too. So, um, yeah, I started Sobelicious this um in august last year in 2019 and um i wanted to set something up which um, initially i thought would just be a local group for people like me i went to a wonderful club soda event which was a, a, a meetup in tunbridge wells um and i had such an amazing uh time I, I very nearly didn't go because i had terrible social anxiety and i um just thought oh I, I, I don't want to go and then and then I thought no 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 you've got to go and I pushed myself to go and I met some amazing people uh mainly women and uh and I, I felt really excited afterwards I felt really uh just having that connection with people that were similar to me and understood uh what mm. how it felt was just so powerful um that I thought that I wanted to do it again and um, the meetups with with Club Soda were were, were all over the country and I, I thought no I want to do that locally to me and I wonder if, if I could do that so that's how that started and then it's really grown in a very organic way I have never had a plan I've not got um, an agenda or you know it's just grown mm -hmm. Uh, through word of mouth. Um, I'm on Instagram. I have an Instagram account, which is called So Blicious as well, and a Facebook group. Um, and um, I have organised, I, I haven't count how many, so I am roughly guessing, uh, let's say 15 events um, where people have, you know, met up for coffees and brunches and We've done a photography workshop. We did a yoga gong bath. Um, we did a, uh, what do you call that? Um, I want to say forest collection. No, foraging is what I'm trying to say. We did a foraging walk uh, with a guided person who knows all about foraging. We had a makeup uh, class once. I mean, we've done some really fun, lovely things. Um, obviously during the lockdown, that has changed so our last meetup was in February this year um, and um, everything's been it's gone online and you know uh, we we do now have uh, two group chats a week um, and what else are we doing we do a yoga on a Sunday online um, which is it's a, it's more of a sort of relaxation sort of evening it's um starts at half seven mm. and normally finishes about nine and it's more about the breath work and um actually during the class quite often I'm asleep by the end of it because it's so relaxing <laughs> yeah. um and we have a monthly book club which is run by um one of our admin who's called Janine um and uh yeah I'm not much of a reader so I don't attend the book clubs because um I let Janine, Janine runs them. She's an avid reader. So we've got, um, I think we've had about three or four book clubs so far. Um, and uh, So Belicious is um, 
a non-profit organization it's not been set up to to make any money it's it's a it's a free um organization and um uh the only thing that uh i have done is um for each of the events i um, raise money for NACOA which is the national association for children of alcoholics um and um yeah i've raised about uh well, over 800 pounds since August last year for Nakoa. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, and people have um, basically, uh, yeah, contributed to, you know, they, they've uh, trying to think what the word is, donated, yeah, they've, mm -hmm. um, they've donated to, to that. So I should really thank the people from that have attended all the events because they've, um, they've helped me to raise that money, which is, which is amazing. Um, and uh, actually, the lady Mindy, who uh, did our photography workshop, she uh, donated quite a substantial amount. She, uh, yeah, she donated, I think, about three hundred pounds as well. So um, I owe her a massive thank you. Mm. And I was fortunate enough to be invited to the Houses of Parliament to um, for their sort of they have a yearly um, event in the Houses of Parliament where they sort of they have different guest speakers. And um, Callum Best is the um uh is he a patron i'm not sure if he's a patron or an ambassador i've probably got the wrong term but he he's one of them um and they yeah they, but they had some amazing speakers they had Jack, jonathan ashworth uh he is a mm. labor i can't remember what his title a labor uh health uh yeah, the shadow health secretary that's yeah so he did a speech it was incredibly moving to listen to all these people talking about alcohol and the effects that it's had on them growing up. Um, it was really moving. Uh, and yeah, so, um, so I'm very proud to, to be doing fundraising for them. It's just such an amazing little charity. Uh, they've been going for about 30 years and they have a helpline and they help people of all ages you know so so it's, it's the name suggests it's for children and and it it is for children but it's also for people that are adults that have been affected by parents who drink too yeah. much so um so yeah oh that's brilliant Sarah I think what I'll do is um I'll put a link in the show notes of how people can you know donate or contact you if anybody wants to do that Oh, that would be wonderful. Yeah, there's a there's a link on the Instagram page for anyone who wants to donate, um, or if anybody's been affected by parents who drink too much, um, that the helpline is there, and they are amazing people. You know, um, I, I was lucky enough to be involved in one of their training days, um, and the people that that man those helplines are just um, incredibly special people. So, um, and they have you know training to, to to know how to to help mm. to help and to listen and sometimes just having someone there to listen is is so powerful mm. um yeah oh well we'll definitely get that in thank you um wow so you've got a lot going on you've been through such a lot today is an amazing day to celebrate your thousand day anniversary um and this has been recorded at kind of Christmas time-ish. So just before we go, what tips or advice have you got for anybody who is 
planning on having or thinking about having or wondering if they can enjoy um, an alcohol-free Christmas and festive season. This time of year tends to be like alcohol is everywhere. People begin to question or doubt their decision or they just say, well, I might as well just wait till January. Um, you know, but personally, I find that Christmases are so much better when you don't drink. But it can be hard to understand that. So what advice or tips have you got? This will be sort of a Christmas number. This will be my third one, yeah. I think sober Christmas is really, really difficult. I won't lie. And I think, uh, you know, what makes it really difficult is the adverts and on the telly they're just constant bombardment of you know you know pouring this and pouring that and I think that that is just cruel and I just hope that one day that uh, those adverts will be banned a bit like the cigarette adverts of you know mm. that I just hope that we move in that direction um, so in terms of my tips the first one would actually be record the programs that you want to watch and the reason I say that is so that you can skip forward through the adverts and you don't have to sit there and watch them and put yourself through that because they are such a tease and it doesn't help. And you do have fear of missing out. And and um, it's just not it's, it's just horrible. Or, or don't watch telly at all, you know. Um, and the other tip would be sort of on along similar lines, um, maybe get your you're shopping delivered and do some online shopping and the reason I say that is because going to the supermarket at this time of year mm. is also really really hard because wherever you look there's promotions for this wine or these beers or and and and, and, I, and I, I mean I'm sure everybody would would say that you know that's the the thing it's it's just so tempting you know and your brain plays these horrible tricks on you and goes oh come on it's Christmas mm. um it's but just you know is so much in your face um so be prepared i would say um there are some amazing websites the wise bartender um has only alcohol free drinks on it um if you put in i've got a promo code which is just so delicious if you put in a code you get a discount um and uh, they do basically most drinks that you possibly buy that are alcoholic they do an alcohol free version so go and buy all your alcohol free they do even do alcohol free baileys now which i'm like oh i must get that because i do i used to really love an, um, a baileys um they do some lovely ciders um yeah and i found sainsbury's uh alcohol free selection is definitely the the widest and there is just so mm. much on offer now go and stock up don't just leave it to to, to the last minute and then just cave because you've got nothing there as you know definitely yeah. plan um i would also say um to tell everyone in advance i mean i know there's that shame around mm. not you know about telling people you don't drink but i would say tell people in advance that you're you're not drinking and just try to explain why try and be honest and just say you know it doesn't do me any good i feel so much better without drinking it was really affecting my health yeah. i know that some people tell porky pies to you know to make it easier but 
I would urge people just be honest and say, look, it, it, it wasn't helping me and I feel a lot better without it. And then hopefully people won't put the pressure on you to join in and drink because a lot of people, that's the thing I think people struggle with when they've got friends and family who go, oh, why aren't you drinking? Oh, come on. It won't mm. hurt. What well, You can just have one, can't you? You weren't that bad. And yeah. um, just ignore, try and ignore that. Just emphasize mm. how much better you feel without the drink and, and your true friends will respect you and, and hopefully support your decision. Um, I would also say really urge people to, to connect with other sober people, even if it's just in a virtual way online. There's so many groups out there now. And, um, you know, I could I could list so many, but I mean, obviously I, I run Soberlicious um, and we have these group chats and there's been weeks when I've really struggled emotionally and, and I've thought, oh, I don't really want to go to the group chat because I look at me, I've got big puffy eyes and I feel really sad. And, and, um, and, I, and it's on those, that, that's right. And I thought, well, gosh, I'm hosting these chats for everyone else. I should go and I should be real and just, and you know what? I, I went and I cried and, um, and everybody was just lovely and and that's the thing you it's just you you, you know to have that uh, connection with people who understand is um it's a real comfort comfort and it gives you real strength and mm. even if you know you've, you've fallen off the wagon and you you're back on day one and you wanted to come to the group and just have a chat and listen and you met you know people sometimes are too shy to put the camera on or to, or feel a pressure that they have to talk we always say to people just come listen because you know other people's yeah. stories are so inspiring I remember when I went to that club soda event one of the 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 women that I was opposite she um I said to her oh how long have you been 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 sober for and she said that she had been sober for six weeks and I remember thinking oh my goodness six weeks and she's already out here like socializing how oh she's so brave and I said, wow, that's amazing. Six weeks and you're, you're out here, so, you know, socialized. She said, well, actually, she said, I was sober for eight years. And on my 50th birthday, I had um, a glass of champagne because I thought, well, it's my 50th, you know, I, I can have a glass. And she said from that point, she was then drinking again for another year and a half before she managed to get sober again. And she was at that six-week point. Yeah. And, you know, that, that story in itself... I carry that with me. It's like a gift that she gave me. She, I've never seen that lady ever since. But I really think I thank her for, for that because you know on the on the days where I've struggled or you know had crises and thought oh I could really do with a drink, you know I sort of think don't don't be fooled into thinking you can just have that one. Um, so yeah, so you know sharing uh, space with other people. And connecting with other people can be so comforting and so powerful and can give you that strength or somebody might say something that just clicks with you uh, and helps you at a time that you need it or your story might help someone else so I, that would be my other tip is to, to try and connect with other people yeah. go for a walk if you're having a stressful time at home <laughs> over <Yeah>. christmas <laughs> with your family because it can be very very stressful um yeah. just give yourself permission and to say to your family i'm i just need a bit of time uh to go and have a walk um 
because I find going outdoors and being um, with nature very, very calming. Yeah. And sometimes um, that's what we need to do. We need to remind ourselves that, you know, to it's okay to take that time away and, to, you know, an, an, an hour's walk Absolutely. could make you make the difference between you wanting to have a drink and not having a drink. So uh, it's much healthier to go out there and have a walk. Yeah, yeah, it is. What are your top tips for, for uh um my top tips are um I, I ran a little magical AF Christmas challenge not so long ago and we talked about all of these tips and how to make it magical and special. And my top tip is to be as kind and loving and gentle with yourself as possible and really up the treats, up the gifts, up the spoiling yourself, make yourself feel good and gorgeous and cozy and looked after because um, you are absolutely so worth it. Um, and a lot of people in the challenge were like, oh yeah, I'm going to buy myself this, I don't know what was it, was it a cashmere jumper because it just feels so warming. And other people were like, yeah hot chocolate and the alcohol-free drinks that make me feel special. So definitely because, you know, sobriety and sober got these kind of negative connotations where it's all grey and dull and boring and often people don't want to stop because of that perception. But I like to think of it as completely the opposite. It's an amazing, wonderful, loving thing so you deserve to, like you said before, live life in full HD, technicolor. So, you know, treat yourself, look after yourself, buy the books, the music, the lipstick, you know, whatever, because you absolutely deserve it. So that would be my top tip. Be really kind and loving and indulgent with yourself because you deserve it. Excellent. Yeah, good advice. Yeah. And you should do that all year round, actually. <laughs> you should. Yeah, yeah. Somebody in my group actually said that she buys herself little treats, you know, over time. And it could be something like a candle or a lipstick or a book or a scarf or, you know, a pair of earrings, little things. And then whenever she's feeling a bit down, she'll go to her treat drawer and take out the candle or a chocolate bar, whatever, just to give herself a little boost in that moment, which I think we all do as well. Yeah, absolutely. I always love to have cake nearby. Um, I always oh. think I've replaced the wine for tea and cake, and it's a it's a, a new treat that we we have in our home is is to have nice cake available. Mm, absolutely, I'm with you on that. And look at you. <laughs> My youngest son loves baking cakes. He even bought a oh, little mixer so you can make them even faster and fluffier. Um, but I have to up the exercise because I've upped the cake. But you know what? I don't care. <laughs> Are you? Um, I think I saw on your page that you're into running. Is that right? Because wow. I, 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 I'm, am I right in thinking that you, is it you and your husband run? No, he doesn't run. Um, oh, he doesn't I, run. I did put something on my page because I did start the Couch to 5K again because I've done it before and stopped and started. 
And I thought, yeah, I'll do it again because I do like it when I'm out there. So I did two weeks and then the weather, and this is probably an excuse, but when it's minus two and windy and rainy, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to go for a marathon. <laughs> yeah. Walk, I can bear when you're all wrapped up, but I'm not running it when it's minus two. So um, I'll have to wait until the weather gets a bit warmer. But I agree with you, being outdoors in nature, whatever you're doing, is a real mood lifter, I think. You get those happy hormones. Yeah, I can, I can see with running, there's a real parallel between running and not drinking, like some of the, the challenges that you set yourselves, you know, like when you don't, when you when you're thinking about not drinking, and you're at that day one, the thought of, you know, um, of, of getting to a 1000 days just seems impossible. And it's a little bit like when you can't run the thought of running up that hill, you go, Oh, well, I'll never be able to run up that that that's just impossible. And actually, the, during the during uh, the lockdown and COVID, I discovered running. And, and, and my son said to me one day, because we were getting up really early, we we're going on these walks in the woods, because I was a bit overwhelmed by it all. And I could see mm -hmm. I could feel myself sort of struggling. So we were getting up at six. Well, he got up at six anyway. So he's only, he was only six. He's very small. And he'd, we'd go oh. on these walks in the woods and he'd hold my hand and he was ever so oh. sweet. And it was, it was beautiful. And I just thought, oh, wow, this is just such a lovely thing to do. I don't want to end this. I want to carry on doing this walking with him. Anyway, one day he said to me, mummy, can we run? And I said, oh, no, mummy doesn't run. And he said, oh, please, mummy. He said, I'll hold your hand. He said, listen to your heart and listen to your head. He said, and when, when your heart and your head tells you it's time to stop running, mummy, we'll stop. And I said, oh, okay. I couldn't say no to that, could I? So I held his hand <laughs> and we ran. And we ran for about 10 seconds, not very long. And he said, mum, in my head and my heart are telling me it's time to stop running. And I said, oh, OK. And I was quite relieved. I thought, oh, thank God for that. And then after a little while, he said, I think my heart and my head's telling me to start running again. So anyway, we did this sort of intermittent walking and running very, very slow. He's only got little legs. I was very grateful that he was so kind and his heart and his head told him to stop running. Um, and we did that every day. And then he said to me, like on day three or four, mummy, I think you're doing really well. He said, I think you're getting faster, mummy. And he was just so kind. Yeah. And his little voice and his little words of encouragement. And after about a week, he got bored of running and he got bored of going for the walks. <laughs> and I thought to myself, do you know what? I think I'm going to carry this on. I actually yeah. feel like I am getting better. And weirdly, well, not weirdly, but in a lovely way, his words that um, listen to your heart, listen to your head. They were so kind that yeah. I carried that in my head with me when I started doing running on my own and I could hear his little voice. And normally when I would go running, I'd have this horrible voice in my head saying, oh, look at you, your big red face. Look at you, you're so fat. You can't do this. Who are you kidding? And I'd just give up. And that would be my normal negative inner critic voice. Um, but instead I had his kind words in my head just saying, you know, it's fine. If you want to stop, you can yeah. stop. But if you want to carry on, you can carry on. So it just took this pressure off me. And I just, I, I, so I carried on doing the walking, running, walking, running. Um, and I remember there was this hill that I thought, oh, I'm never going to be able to, to run up that. And, um, and that for me was just symbolic of the, the, the mental blocks that you put in your own way. Yeah. 
they're not real they're just these sort of challenges these blocks that you put in your in your uh, like obstacles that you think are oh, never going to get past that I'm never going to be able to do that and you have this voice that's just not helpful in any way um and so but I just love that parallel between the running and life and the not drinking and so there was this hill that I just always used to walk it because I just thought well I can't do that that's just too hard and I'll, I'll just never be able to do it and over time I had to sort of talk to myself and talk myself out of this negative self-talk and this this self-doubt that I and I have a lot of self-doubt so it's a it's a con it's like a pattern of behavior that I have in my life and by doing that running I could sort of see you know how how you know and recognize how I talk to myself anyway one day I thought to myself I'm not going to look at the top of the hill Mm. I'm just going to concentrate on my feet and I started just running very slowly really gently and one foot in front of the other and I just concentrated on my feet and I thought I'm not going to look up I'm not looking up and I just went and it took me a long time and I got to the top of that hill and I thought to myself that is like when you don't drink if you started on day one thinking I've got to get to a day a thousand you'd never do it And I think having that sort of approach of just going, you know, one day at a time, just don't look up, don't look at that hill ahead of you. There's no point Mm. thinking, oh, I've got to get to this day or that day. Just do one day at a time. And before you know it, we'll be at the top of the hill like I am today, which is why I'm so excited. And you'll look back and go, wow, I've done I've done a thousand days or I've done the whole hill. I, you know, and before you know it you'll you'll have done it and uh yeah that's it's just it's just such an amazing feeling and you know just silence that inner critic Mm. just push that voice away and replace it with some kind words um yeah that would be my top tip for for being sober Oh, I love it. I did have a mantra when I first gave up drinking, which I'd forgotten about. I think that's another thing I would really advise some anyone who's thinking about stopping drinking is to find a mantra that yeah. means something to you mm. and tell it to, tell yourself that as often as you can. And my mantra at the time was I choose life. Mm. And I felt like by giving up drinking, I was choosing to live. Yeah. And that that was a really powerful mantra or words for, to, for me. And every time I thought about having a drink, I was like, no, I choose to, I choose life. So, um, yeah. Have you had a similar sort of mantra or um, anything like that? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, yeah. Um, and I changed them up quite a long time. Something that helped me in the beginning was not so much a mantra, but it was the quote by Michael Jordan. And it goes, um, once I made the decision, I never thought about it again. And I kept that quite close to me. I thought, okay, I've made the decision. Now I'm just not going to think about it. I'm not going to think about, oh, shall I, shouldn't I? Because uh, that's gone, that decision's been made. So that helped me through the beginning quite a lot. But yeah, I agree, choosing something that lifts you up, makes you feel positive, anything it can be, uh, you know, I can and I will, or today I choose me, or I choose love over fear, you know, there's lots of different 
ones that you can pick, but having something that really means something to you is such a powerful thing to do. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. I like your your quote. That's that's um that's very uh well that that would have resonated very well with me because when I gave up drinking, that was what I did. I just made that decision, and then that gave me the freedom to never have to think about that again because that was there was no other choice. It's not like oh, well, you could have one if you wanted to because it was just done. As you as you just yeah. said, you know the decision's yeah. been made. Now think about something else. Yeah, and yeah. for me. The liberation, like in my head, yeah. it was just yeah. wow. No longer are these thoughts, you know, all consuming all the time. It was just like they floated away when that decision was made, and it was absolutely quite amazing. Actually. And you're not bartering with yourself, are you? You're not exactly. thinking, well, I could just have one, and then tomorrow I won't have any, or. You know, or I'll just drink at the weekends and I won't have anything in the week and all of that yeah. stuff which just takes up too much space in your head mm -hmm. um, yeah once you make that decision it is very liberating yeah. I call it alcohol freedom yeah oh I love that yeah it is absolutely yeah oh I think we'll end on that really really positive inspiring empowering note Sarah, thank you so so much thank you girl it's been such a lovely um way to to celebrate and it's been so lovely to talk to you yeah you too thank you have a lovely day gail i will you too thank you Sarah. thank you thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed this episode then please share and subscribe for more help and support, go to the Sober Bliss website, soberbliss.com. Connect with me on social media and learn how I can help you quit drinking and start living.